Hey everyone, Pete Trelore with Trelore Homes, uh, Southern Colorado real estate investment, commercial and uh, residential properties. Um, we've been investing in Southern Colorado for the last 15 or so years. We specialize in uh, El Paso County and Teller counties. Um, we buy both residential and commercial properties, businesses um, uh, for cash, oftentimes uh, closing very quickly within 30 days. Um, with no fees and commissions. Um, we live in the area ourselves, so we believe in investing responsibly and building our community because, as I mentioned, we live here too. And um, on the heels of last week's um, uh, Facebook post and also resulting podcasts that we've been putting this on actually every week, we uh, I wanted to share with you a few thoughts on uh, actually from our from questions that I got from the last posting. Um, those of you that uh, if you didn't join us last week, you can go back on Facebook or the podcast and actually take a look again at the property itself because I want to talk about this one and answer some questions that have been coming my way in regards to acquiring it, um, either as a rental or someplace to live for yourself. So you can take a look at last week's podcast and you can uh, see for yourself. I actually walked through the entire property, but just to uh, remind you, um, it was a little it was a little property in, and I say little because it was only a one bedroom, one bath, about 600 square feet. Uh, it's, a, it's a small house, um, but in a really up and coming and trending neighborhood. Um, it's called Old Colorado City. So um, it's a really cool little house. Uh, again, it's a one-one, and it's about 600 square feet. Now, I got a lot of questions on this house after I walked through and we talked a little bit. I, I kind of showed you what I was thinking from a rehab perspective, and uh, when I put it out there, like I always do, um, uh, for anybody who's interested in actually uh, fixing this home up or buying it after it's fixed up or whatever point or stage in the game you're interested. Um, and maybe acquiring this property or one like it, um, I wanted to share with you kind of what my thought process was, because a lot of you have been asking, well, Pete, um, that's all great. You know, I, I saw the house. It looks really cute. But, you know, what are the numbers behind it? Um, if I go in and let's say I want to uh, get into, uh, you know, renting a property for myself, just a little uh, a side uh, cash flow for me and my family, uh, a kind of a long-term approach, uh, what what can I expect? What should I be looking at? I have no idea uh, how to how to figure out whether or not this thing would actually make money or not uh, for you and your family. So, I thought I'd answer that, um, and then certainly uh, again I'll open it up for you to share this video, pass on my uh, my contact information over here um, for friends or family members or maybe yourself if you're interested in actually acquiring a property like this either after it's fixed up and it's going to be sold at retail or before it's actually fixed up where it can be sold obviously less than retail. So I thought I'd just share with you and hopefully answer some of the questions along the way here um, as far as how I think about this and how and how the numbers actually would work. Um, so uh, this this again this house is in uh, old Colorado City, it's a relatively small house and Really, as far as the numbers go, I, I think the easiest way to explain this for me um, is that there, there, there are really only five numbers that you need to know to make a decision when it comes to, okay, if I bought this property and I turn it into a, let's say you flipped it, right? In other words, you, you fixed it up and then 
sold it for retail or within retail within a short period of time. Are you at the end of the day, are you going to make money or not? Or are you going to lose money and just gain a lot of experience, which granted I've done plenty of, and there's a benefit to that um, because you do learn. But um, if I can possibly steer you uh, through some of these kind of uncharted waters, maybe for some of you folks um, and all your friends, um, then maybe I can help kind of answer those questions. So again, there's five real numbers that you need to know um, in my, from, again, my, my opinion, um, as far as whether or not a property is actually going to make you money or not. The first number is what I call the ARV. Um, and uh, ARV stands for after repair value. So in other words, um, using our property here, this 1-1, 600-square-foot uh, home in old Colorado City, what is the property going to be worth after I do everything to it that um, I'm going to do, right, from a fix-up standpoint? So am I going to paint? Am I going to put in new appliances? Am I going to replace the windows? Do I need to get the service furnished uh, 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 serviced, or do I need to actually change the furnace? Uh, those types of things are uh, what you have to consider, right? So your after-repair value um, is the number that you have researched uh, based upon the size of the home, uh, the year of the home, the number of bedrooms and bathrooms and all that stuff and come up with a conservative number uh, that represents what you think if you put this house on the market and sold it, um, what you would get for it. So after doing that research for this house, my number was actually $225,000. So again, that's how much after the property is fixed up that I would actually uh, be able to, in my opinion, sell for. Now, keep in mind, there are numerous ways to screw that up, right? And I know because I have, I've screwed it up multiple times, right? Um, in some cases, I've gone uh, the, the, the correct direction and uh, I could have gotten 240 for it instead of 225. And in other directions, obviously, which hurts a lot more, um, um, you get a lot less. Uh, so you miscalculate an expense in the process here or miscalculate or mistime something that's happening in the marketplace. Um, either one of those two things is why I always believe that whatever, not, whenever you're figuring out numbers, I always go down the conservative road. So um, always choose if it's an expense, the larger of the two numbers that are in your mind. And if you're trying to figure out value after you actually fix it up and sell it, go with the smaller of the number, right, that you that you figured out. So be conservative with your estimates. So with this one, with this little old Colorado City cottage, a simple one, one, 600 square feet, I reckon I'm going to be able to get $225,000. Now, last week, I mentioned to you that I would be actually interested in selling this house uh, for real uh, to someone like yourself or possibly someone you know that you can share this video with that's maybe looking for a home in this area or looking for a rental because you want to supplement your cash flow and, uh, and maybe build a long-term asset, right, maybe in the form of a rental. Or maybe you're interested in actually flipping it. So let's say that uh, knowing that 225 is the after repair value, so once you flip it, to answer the question for you, if you actually bought this property uh, for what would be considered wholesale, right, uh, less than what it's worth, um, um, what, how would the numbers work then? So 
again, we go back to our five numbers. So the first number here that you have to know is your ARV. It's your 225,000, right? The second number is you have to know how much you're going to put in in order to fix it. The third number, you have to know, obviously, what you're going to buy the thing for. The fourth number, you have to know what it's going to cost you to actually sell the property. Um, and I'll explain these in greater detail here. And the fifth number, uh, which is where your financing comes in, is actually how much it's going to cost you um, to uh, hold the property. Okay, And then you can do math from there and kind of figure out what your net may be. So if we kind of start with the, the ARV here, so 225. Now, and, and some of these numbers I'm going to share with you, they come from obviously years of doing it myself. But the only way that I would be able to um, uh, effectively figure out these things is actually I work hand in hand with an extremely knowledgeable real estate agent in the market, um, uh, Karen Schaefer. Um, and I wouldn't use any other agent there is in the world, as a matter of fact, because number one, uh, Karen's my wife, and I really like being married. Uh, so uh, take that for what it's worth. But um, seriously, Karen taught me everything I knew in investing. Uh, and, um, and she knows these markets. She knows the strategies. And, um, and she can uh, point uh, me, obviously, in the right direction. We've been doing it for a number of years. Uh, and uh, and so it's it's so valuable to have that resource, right? Um, and Karen is an actively assists uh, investors and buyers and sellers like yourself um, as they go through processes selling their own home and buying new homes and even buying investment properties. So she's a great resource. Um, you can actually, uh, um, if you reach out to me on the video here, I can give you her uh, contact information. Um, she's more than happy to help you. So after Karen and I kind of went through these numbers here, um, uh, this is what we came up with. This is a relatively small house, right? It's a 1-1. One, one. It's a 600-square-foot home. So how much are we realistically going to have to pay in labor and also in materials, right? I always plan for two because I've seen the quality of my work when it comes to painting the house. It ain't pretty, right? So you, you got to make sure that you get it done right. Um, so what it looks like for me in this house is that I would probably spend about 7,500 in materials um, because I'm going to do kind of a what I would consider kind of a Home Depot fix up, right? Um, I, I'm not going to go to the shopping mall and buy the best and the best from Crate and Barrel and you know, uh, custom colors from Sherwin Williams and all that stuff. Um, I'm not going to shoot, you know, for the moon in the fix up. I'm going to try to plan my fix-up so it marries very well with my eventual buyer of the property, right? Which in this area, it's probably going to be a startup family or somebody, a single person um, that is, uh, you know, needs a place to stay. Or um, it could be someone maybe like yourself uh, that's looking to invest in a property uh, so they themselves can actually create a rental property in their um in their list of long-term assets, right? So I, I, I have to take these into consideration um, along with the actual street that the house is on. What neighborhood is it in? And what do your neighbors look like, right? Um, so for this one, it was uh, about 7,500 in labor. And almost every time that I've done a property, just so you know, um, 
the materials and the labor cost are almost always within 10% of each other. If I spend $7,500 on labor, I'm also going to be spending $7,500 on materials. Okay, so as a as a rule of thumb, uh, those two always go together. So over here, when I add those things up, this is higher math. This is why I listen to Karen, uh, but I feel comfortable doing this addition myself. Uh, this is 15k. Okay, so my fix-up price is $15,000. That's what I'm going to put into it. Um, my buy price, um, and as a matter of fact. When I talked about uh, potentially selling this property to someone that wants to do this for themselves, I would sell it at a price lower than the uh, uh, after repair value, lower than actually what the house is worth, because obviously I'm not doing the work. Um, so I would bypass this part, right, and just sell this house to you or somebody else that you know uh, for 170000 Right now, more than likely, I tell you right now, you're probably not going to get a loan approved for 175,000 with a house that's in this condition. Uh, it's probably going to have to be a cash offer. Um, just a word to the wise. Um, the fourth number that I have to figure out here is my sell number, right? And um, and once we finish the sell and the hold, by the way, just so you know, uh, we are actually just going to do some quick addition, and then you'll we'll soon figure out exactly what your net's going to be. So the sell price, now what is what do you mean by sell? Well, this means that when you actually finish the work, right, you buy the property for 170, you put $15,000 worth of material labor into it, you are now gonna have a cost associated with selling this house. As I mentioned earlier, Karen, uh, Karen Schaefer, uh, buys and sells from a real estate agent's uh, uh, point of view, she buys and sells all my property. So I, bas I basically take her cost and work it into the numbers, and you should do the same, okay? Because to get top market and a lot of top price in a lot, lot of these markets, you need to have the expertise of a very well seasoned and experienced and successful uh, real estate agent like Karen, okay? So um, and so there's going to be a fee here. Right? You've all bought and sold a home probably over the years, so there's a sell fee. What I always do is I take the ARV, which is the 225000 and although um, I'm, I'm going to plan on just uh, uh, paying commissions for one side of the transaction, I add a little bit of that, uh, add a little bit more money, and I always take about 5% of my eventual purchase price, which is my ARV, which is this one, and so I need to work into my numbers in order to pay, uh, Karen in this case, to, to sell this house. There's going to be a commission involved there, which is well worth the money um, of $10,000, right? So when I actually finish all the work, or in this case, when you finish all the work and you, uh, and you sell the house, that house you will have on your settlement statement, or it used to be called a HUD, right? On the settlement statement, you would have a $10,000 commission fee that gets paid, uh, in this case, to Karen, the real estate agent. The last number that you do need to take into consideration here, and um, this is, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of ways to screw this up. Keep in mind, I know, I pretty much practiced all of them, right? But um, the hold number is probably where people miscalculate the most, right? And by holding, I mean, in essence, the financing. Okay. Now, if you are lucky enough 
to have you know the rich uncle uh, that that you have a pot of gold that you can uh, play with, if you will. Uh, well, then, fantastic. You can certainly uh, buy this uh, house for cash. You can pay for all the fix-up with cash. And when you sell, um, all you have to do is pay back whatever the principal is, right? Because your uncle's the greatest guy in the world. Um, well, a lot of us, um, although we all have great, fantastic uncles, they may not have that you know, uh, uh, cash flow laying around for you to utilize. So you may have to go with some sort of short-term financing with a bank. Um, you may have to take um, a, a full-blown loan out on the property, um, like a 15 or a 30-year loan, depending upon what your situation is. Um, and also, obviously, what you plan to do with the house, right? Um, there's other, other means of financing. Uh, Another one is, is hard money, which means it's very short-term money, and it comes from a private investor, right? Now, usually they're going to charge you for that. Obviously, they are. That's how they make their money. And you have to make sure that regardless what uh, hold fees or financing fees that you have in here, you got to add it into the mix, okay? So for me, on this one, um, I would actually... Uh, um, if I was doing this this deal myself from start to finish, I would be planning on some holding fees uh, for a minimum, a minimum of two months, right? So I would do two months, uh, 60 days. I think I could get through it, right? Um, so let's say um, I based my hold on the fact that I'm going to go get myself a loan and I'm going to have a $1,300 month holding fee. Okay, or a mortgage or whatever. Um, and, and keep in mind that I've chucked some insurance money into there. I've chucked some um, uh, uh, for escrow um, insurance taxes, so forth and so on. So I'm going to plan in my, um, in, my, in my numbers here that I'm going to have to account for, let's say, six. So I'm looking at 2,600. So maybe I'll just do, you know, 2K, something like that, right? Two to three K. Actually, let's do 3K. That makes more sense. So 3,000 bucks, right? And then as I look at these numbers here, um, now this is where the adding comes in. So these five numbers actually come into place. Uh, so we're going to add our 170 from here. We're going to add our 15,000 uh, from here. We're going to add our 10,000 in sell costs from here. And then we're going to add our 3,000 here, right? So I've literally taken my fix, uh, my buy, my sell, and my hold fees into account, and I'm just going to run the numbers. I'm just going to simply go, okay, so what do we got here? We got, uh, we got 8, uh, 7, 8, 9, 198, right? Now, for simplistic Simplistic sake, and uh, and also um, just to buy yourself a little bit of margin, let's just call it 200, right? So 200 is probably, once you have all this wrapped up, you've bought it for 170, you've held on to it, um, uh, you sold it, uh, uh, you're going to sell it, and you've, you've uh, taken into consideration your selling commissions there. 
and you and you sell it up in that 225k area, right? Give or take. Um, after uh, you know, all sorts of uh, you know some negotiation and so forth and so on, you actually may get higher, right? And you also may get lower. It really depends upon um, uh, what happens during the process. And there's a lot of unknown factors in there. But if you've done your homework, you're you're going to hit pretty darn close to that goal, okay? So once you do that, you take your 225 and you take your 200, and very simply, if this property was something that you would be interested in, again, bond 70 and doing all the work, if you sold it at the end of the day for 225000 and you, you, you got done in a reasonable amount of time, you got it on the market in 30, 45 days, and you wrapped it up in two months, there's a very good chance that you would actually make just about $25,000. Now, for some of you, you may go, wow, that's really cool, Pete. Um, that's, that's how it's done. Wow, I, I love it. $25,000, that's $25,000. Um, and others, others may say, well, I, I don't know. That seems like a little bit risky for that amount of money. And, well, I, I can't tell you which way you should fall um, on, that, on that scale there. All I can tell you is that you have to stick within your comfort range. Right. So um, if 25,000 seems to you a reasonable risk, excuse me, for actually putting in all this money and time, great. Then you've got a, a really great rental um, that you could actually either keep uh, or um, you could you could flip and sell and make the, you know, the net of 25. Um, so that's really how I run my numbers. Um, you, again, you've got five things that you have to take in consideration. You've got to know your ARV. You've got to know your fix. You've got to know your buy. You've got to know your sell. And you've got to know your hold fees. And once you put all those things together, then you can make actually a reasonable decision as to whether or not you think it's, quote, a deal or not, right, if you're going to make some money. So again, um, again, last week a lot of you asked me, well, Pete, how would I make the decision on whether or not I would want to buy this property from you for $170,000 wholesale? And, um, and this is the answer. Uh, that's, this is how I do the math. Um, and I don't think it needs to be much more complicated. You just have to know and be comfortable with the level of risk involved in the transaction. You know, there are other external factors which you just can't count on. Um, you know, if the Fed does something wacky or, uh, you know, Trump does something wacky with a corporate tax change or something else like that, um, which may actually work in your favor. You never know, right? Um, but those are some of the things you just, you can't control. And that's the reason why you really need to start off with conservative numbers, conservative estimates. When in doubt, go to the bigger number in the expense column and the smaller number in what I'm going to get for it after I'm done column, right? Um, if, and if you use that as a rule of thumb, uh, you're hopefully going to avoid some pitfalls. So um, if, you, if you happen to know somebody uh, that you think would be interested in doing this, um, or you yourself would actually like to take a uh, take a stab at, uh, at, at turning a house and flipping it, um, or if you would like to take a, a stab at owning a long-term rental uh, and uh, and building a long-term asset in your portfolio, 
certainly give us a call. Uh, you can reach me directly at the 719-695-0272, or you can pop me an email at pete at trulorhomes.com. Of course, you can comment on Facebook here if you're joining us on Facebook Live. If you're on the podcast, uh, you'll probably have to email me at the pete at trulorhomes.com, or just give us a call at the 719-695-0272. So next week, we're actually getting closer to one of, uh, it's a single family home that is almost done. We're getting closer to having completion of the rehab um, in Woodland Park. It's actually one that I shared a couple weeks ago. And that one is, we're actually gonna plan, plan a really cool open house event just for folks that are joining us on this Facebook Live. And so um, next week I'm gonna tease you on that. And, um, and I think I'll probably talk a little bit about building a long-term rental um, with a property such as this as well, as I'm, I've gotten a lot of questions about that too. So once again, I'm Pete uh, with Chalor Homes, uh, Southern Colorado real estate, uh, residential and commercial investors. Uh, we specialize in Teller and El Paso County. Uh, we buy properties for, for cash, often within 30, under, under 30 days, very quickly. Um, and we live in this area, so we always buy and sell with improving our community um, as, a, as a stake in the, in the decision process. We really care how, how things pan out. Um, so there you have it. Uh, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.